As parents, we can all agree on a couple things. One, that we want our kids to be healthy. And two, that eating nutritious food is an important part of being healthy. We would also likely agree on a third thing, that putting kids and healthy food together can be tricky. Today, we are going to talk about why helping our kids eat healthy food, even though it can be difficult, is important, is worth doing, and in fact can be done. Our society lies to our kids about what they should eat. They market artificially dyed, super sweetened, and incredibly processed foods to our children. We have to come alongside them and teach them the truth about what real food is and why we should eat it. Our journey to a whole food diet wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. Just wait, you'll hear some stories. I know I can't control what choices my kids will make when they are no longer with me. But I know that they have the knowledge, the skills, and the experience that they need to make healthy choices if they want to. I also can't entirely control my kids' health outcomes. But I want to be able to say that I did my very best with the knowledge that I had to help them be healthy. Welcome to the Daily Wellness Podcast, where you can learn about healthy living and be inspired to take the next step in your wellness journey. In this episode, you're gonna hear from everyone in our family. My husband is gonna do the interviewing as we talk about how we help our kids eat healthy food. And then you'll hear from each of our children with their opinion on the matter. Are you curious as to what they'll say? Hey, honey. Hey. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> so I thought it'd be fun for us today if I flip the script a little bit and I interview you. I like it. Let's do it. Okay. Sounds good. So we're talking about kids and eating healthy. Uh, so I thought it'd be fun just to help people understand our specific kids and their preferences and personalities when it comes to food. So how would you describe our kids? <laughs> um, well, I would describe them differently now that I have, you know, when they were little or when we first started our health journey. Um but kids are very adaptable, so you know they've come a long way, <laughs> thankfully. Um, each of our kids has food that they don't like, textures that they don't like, um, you know, meals that are their favorites, meals that are their not favorites. I mean, just like any other family, our kids have preferences as well. Yeah. We've got a slow eater, right? Yes. We have a slow eater. We have one that eats really way too fast. <laughs> Super fast. We've got some sweet tooths, right? Yeah. Kids that want sugar all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's a, no different than most kids, right? Yeah, and I I know we're going to talk about food and help helping kids eat healthy. And so just as a disclaimer, I mean, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutrition counselor. I'm not a doctor. Um, I am just a mom of four kids who has been feeding a family of six for, you know, however long we've had four kids, I guess. But I mean, we've been married 17 years, so I've been making meals for us that long. And we've been eating like real whole food for the last decade. Um, you know, and we not only have we had our kids and the experience of teaching them, but we've had multiple foster kids in our history. Yeah. Yeah. That have, you know, come into our home, definitely not used to eating healthy food, had no idea what kale was, you know, <laughs> And, and so we've had to help them adapt and, and learn how to eat healthy food as well. So I guess what we're offering here is real life experience, you know, my mom, my mom experience, if you will, and hopefully some practical tips for you. Yeah. 
I'm also not a dietitian, so let's <laughs> just get that out there. All right. So first question. So why is it important for kids to eat healthy food in the first place? Um, you know, it's the same benefits that adults would experience, but I think even a little bit more important maybe because, you know, kids are just growing and developing so much, you know, in those young years, their bodies just change so much. And for their bodies to form in the way that God created them to, you know, they need to be nourished the way that God intended them to. And so I think it's really critical for them to have good nutrition as a, as a kid. Um, good nutrition helps prevent disease. Um, which is a big part of my motivation um, for myself personally and for my children. Um, I, I saw a statistic from the CDC um, that said in the United States, more than 40% of school-aged children and adolescents have at least one chronic health condition. Wow. And I thought that number was so high. Yeah. I thought that was crazy. Um, and it's, you know, good nutrition isn't just important to their physical health, but it's also important to their mental health. Um, we have seen that. We have seen, you know, kids come into our home with, um, you know, kind of out of control behavior that has really been changed in a, in a big way by the food that they ate. Yeah, so buy into the, uh, the, thing, the kind of the idea that they can just learn when they're older, right? It's okay if they don't eat as well when they're younger just because they can burn it off. Well, no, I mean, I think that you, you definitely can learn when you're an adult. You know, we didn't eat as well as we do now when we were kids and our bodies were made to heal and adapt and all of that. But I think there, there's a lot of value, not only for those like growing and developmental years when kids start to eat healthy when they're young, they learn are learning habits that they're going to take with them throughout all of life. And that's like you know, one of the best gifts I think we can give our kids is, you know, other than our faith, which we, is most important to us, we want them to be happy and healthy. And nutrition is a really a big part of that. Yeah, for sure. I don't know about you, but Fruity Pebbles was my jam when I was younger. What was yours? <laughs> uh, Captain Crunch, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much anymore. No. So. <laughs> so this might be, maybe I already know the answer to this question, but uh, so if, if it's important for kids, how early would you start? Yeah, you know the answer. <laughs> you really can't start too early. Um, you should start in utero. You know, everything that a mother eats affects her child. And that's where it should begin, ideally. You know, it, it doesn't happen that way for everybody. And that there's that's okay. You can still, you know, come back from that. But if you are thinking about getting pregnant or are pregnant, you know, the food that you are eating affects your child. And so I think it should start right there. And you know, then as they're babies and toddlers, you're starting to develop their sense of taste, their willingness to eat all kinds of different foods from bitter to savory to sour and all those kinds of things. You're, you know, able to feed them the nutrition that they need at different times in their life. And there's a, a good book that really helped me to get a grasp on, you know, what kids need at different stages in life. And it's called the Nourishing Traditions Book of Baby and Child Care. So we'll put that in the show notes for you guys. There's another one that's just Nourishing Tradition. That's, you know, just food, um, nutrition information, which is also really good. But there's one specific for baby and child care as well. Um, and it just really challenges the misinformation about nutrition that our modern world starts to teach us, even, you know, when, our, when we are pregnant and when our kids are infants and, um, you know, the modern world says that we should feed our our babies 
formula that has corn syrup solids and rice cereal, which is like has no nutrition in it, you know. So it, that book will give you a lot of good um, information as far as what would be good at different developmental times. Yeah. I remember for our first kid, uh, she her first solid food was rice cereal. Yep. Uh, but as we learned and grew in this area, um, I think it was, do you remember what some of our, I think avocado, was that it? Yeah. So babies need a lot of healthy fats. So, you know, grass-fed butter, um, avocado, you know, making sure they're getting some cod liver oil, different things like that. Yep. I can't remember cod liver oil. Yeah. <laughs> I think we mixed it in to do Oh, things. okay. That makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. But, you know, you, you really just have to be diligent and intentional um, no matter what age or stage you're starting all of this because the world will try to feed you all kinds of information about um, what a child should eat. I mean, there there's a whole food industry that markets food to children that is incredibly toxic to children. Yeah. And so you just have to do your own research and be diligent in making sure that you know what your kid needs and then trying to provide that. But if you don't, I mean, if you don't start at infancy with your kids, that's okay. Just start wherever you are now. I mean, that was the case for us. So we didn't start changing our diet until our oldest was about five years old. And our second was around two. So that's when we really started considering how our food affects our health and started making changes. Yeah. So how would you, so if you've got, um, if you're doing this health journey and you don't start when your kids are in utero um, and they're a little bit older and they've already formed opinions about their food and what they like and what they don't like. How would you start doing this for kids who are not used to eating healthy? How would you introduce that to them? Yeah, I think that's where most people are going to be. And that's that's fine. That's good. Um, the first thing I would say is um, get just really clear on your own convictions about why you're doing this. You know, like for me, it has come back to my motivation like again and again right if i am not really clear on why this is important and you know and i'm not committed to it then i'm probably going to give up <laughs> when my kid just wants whatever unhealthy option you know yeah. be like fine that's easier let's just do that so that would be the first thing for me is just to get clear on you know knowing why this is so important you know knowing that you want to prevent disease in your children and chronic illness knowing that you want to set them up not only to be healthy in, in childhood, but to go into adulthood with healthy habits. And so those things were very motivating for me. Also, just, you know, a stewardship issue of wanting to do the best for my kids, which I know all parents do. Um, those things were motivating to me. So that, that's where I started um, because it is not an easy journey always, you know, when you're trying to introduce something new to your children. So if you're not convinced in your own heart first, heart and mind, you know, then you're probably not going to succeed for very long. Yeah, it definitely is going to take a little bit of willpower to start, right, and to stick with it until it takes hold. Yeah. And then I guess, you know, if you're not used to it, so I'm thinking about when we had foster kids come into our home, like we were already kind of in this groove of having, you know, certain whole foods, and these, this, these kids had never had these foods, you know? And so we were very gentle and very slow in that transition. You know, we're not asking them to eat raw onions and kale salad on their first night in our home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so I, I just think you have to take it slow. And um, I'm going to, I think we're going to talk later about like some specific steps um, that you can take, but just have 
your sense of conviction and be willing to take it slow and easy. You know, if you try to rush things, um, I think one, it can just get really tense in your household. Yeah. And then two, you won't make sustainable changes. You know, you'll try to like rush in and change everything and you'll get like exhausted <laughs> yeah. and then you'll revert back to what you were doing. Yeah. One of our uh, foster kids, when they first showed up, it was, we would drive by a restaurant that they were used to eating at and they would be like, I want McDonald's. I want chicken nuggets. And so it'd be like a constant. Coca-Cola. <laughs> and I thought, oh, you came to the wrong house. <laughs> But I did try to make like healthy chicken nuggets, you know, and healthy french fries Mm -hmm. and things like that that he would be used to eating and would feel comfortable with. So, you know, you can find all kinds of healthy replacements for food that you're used to. That's true. I think that's a good segue into my next question, which is (laughs) what if your kids don't want to eat what you prepare? Or other people might say, how would you handle a picky eater? I always hesitate to answer this question with some people because I'm like, you may not really like my answer. And honestly, like, I just want to say that's fine. Like, I will answer the question. You may not like it and you don't have to do it the same way I did it. And that's completely fine. We can still be friends. (laughs) Like, I'm not saying that I have the perfect answer for every family, but I will share what we did. Um, So what if the kids don't want to eat what I prepare? Like, if they're being picky. I think the first thing is, like, you just being in tune with your child. um, You know, you can tell with your child because you know them if they are really just hating that food that's in front of them or if they're being willful right. about just not wanting to eat it right so no matter what you put in front of them they might say i don't want it if they're in that kind of mode or whatever right it's just it's a battle of wills sometimes you know and so um you just i think it takes some discernment you know to know your kid And there is a time to have grace with your kid. You know, if my kid is trying to eat something and they're just gagging on it, and I can tell that they're just really struggling with the texture or the taste and they're they're trying to obey and eat it, but they just can't. You know, I'm not going to make them sit there and eat the whole thing. You know, I'm going to be happy that they tried it. Maybe we'll try it again another time. Um, There's also kids that have very real like texture and tactile issues around eating, and that's not my expertise either. Um, You know, so in all transparency, though, if my kid is not gagging on the food, right, and I can tell it's more of a battle of wills, like, I'm going to have them eat the food. Like, it's not going to be like, oh, you don't want to eat that. Okay, well, let me make you something else. Or, oh, okay, you just go play, you know. Um, And there's a few reasons for that. So I I do try to, I really try to make my kids eat what I prepared. And number one reason becomes back to my motivation, that healthy food is a priority. And I really want to get that nutritious food in them. Like, I know that that's important for them. And then number two, you know, if I'm making a healthy meal for our family, I just think it's a good idea for them to be thankful for that food. (laughs) And you are really good about that, too. Like, you'll come around and enforce that. You know, you really don't allow complaining at the dinner table. You know, even if it's not their favorite or we've had that two nights in a row or whatever, I'm making, you know, warming up leftovers, you know, we don't complain at the dinner table. Yeah. I mean, this doesn't happen at all anymore. Um, but I do remember distinctly one, uh, one kid who will not be named, um, <laughs> like basically throwing the bowl of chili off, off the table. And then I scooped it up and put it back in their mouth. Like that was, that was, that was a really unique for us. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, as I just think it's a good skill to be able to you know, have food set in front of you and your first thought be, 
I'm thankful for this food, yeah. you know, and to have that that skill of going to someone else's house or experience, experiencing food of another culture mm-hmm. and being able to just gratefully eat the food that's served you, even right. if it's new to you, even if it's not your favorite, you know, you'd all say, I would, you know, I would hate for someone, you know, one of our kids to go to a friend's house and be like, um, I don't like this food that you just worked really hard to make, right. you know? Yeah. So I would prefer them to be thankful. So that's another reason. And then another reason I make them um, eat the food that I prepared is because I just don't really like the culture that we have right now of, you know, dinner time being this place where kids can be entitled to have the food that they always like right. or the food that they always want. Right. Like our our house isn't a restaurant, right? I'm not making, you know, special orders here. Like we're go- we're all going to eat the same thing. It's it's a food that I mean I ha- I'm not making crazy gross food all the time. You know I really try to make our food good and stuff that the family does like. You know that's what I want to make and that's what I put before them almost all the time. And so you know if you want to make separate meals for your kids, I, you can do that. But for me that was going to be a lot of added stress. Right. Yeah. You know I'm already in the kitchen like a lot. Right. right? And I don't I don't want to be making more meals. So yeah. It just helps our family dynamic as well if everybody's eating the same thing. Yeah, for sure. And there's been times where, for example, um, you know, Judah just went through, uh, you know, was it eight months, nine months? It was like a year. It was like almost a full year um, that he was on a specific diet uh, for Lyme disease. That when he was 12, that he just, he turned 13 at the end of that year. Yeah. And so we would, we would adapt some things that he just couldn't have that the rest of us um, were going to eat. So, and then he also learned since he's old enough to prepare some, some of his own food, um, if it wasn't going to work out for that meal. But overall, you know, we tried to eat a lot of the same things as a family that he was eating um, to make it easier on him. Yeah. It makes it easier on me, makes it easier on him. So we kind of kept that whole philosophy even through that time. There's a few phrases that I like to use a lot that all the kids know by now <laughs> that are pretty common. One of them is, you know, if something is set in front of them, like, you know, one of our kids doesn't like mushrooms and she'd be like, oh, it's the mushrooms. And be like, I know it's not your favorite, but you can still eat it, you know, even if it's not your favorite. So they, the kids are like really used to me saying that. They almost expect that now right. when they say they don't like something. Yeah. And we don't, I mean, even if it's not their favorite, we usually make a meat salad. Um, we not, may not give them like the extra helping that we give the other kids for that. So we're still a little bit compassionate um, yeah. in those regards. I think they, there's some skill to it too. Like, yeah. you know, if you don't like the mushroom, then eat it with a piece of the chicken and then you won't taste it as much. You know, we're, we're trying to give them tips and tools on how to eat the food that isn't their favorite right. as well. Yeah. Another phrase I use is like, when then so instead of being like if you don't eat this then you're never going you know to play with your friends or whatever (laughs) and so like that's you know that's really intimidating and just insinuates a battle coming on so yeah it's also a lot of negative emotions to put around eating which you don't really want to don't really want to sew that into your dinner time routine so you know i don't want to ever threaten them but i will say things like i know you really want to go play with your friends when you finish eating your dinner then you can go play with your friends right you know and so i'll just kind of help them logically think through like okay i'm going to eat this and then i'm going to go do that and i'm still going to get the thing that i want to do but i need to do this first yeah Another um, another thing that I think is normal for us now, um, and I think we learned this from another family, but, you know, if sometimes the kids are just not hungry and then sometimes they just don't want to eat the thing that you put in front of them. So one of our rules is if you didn't make a good attempt at your dinner, 
that is your evening snack. And sometimes we've even got as far as if you didn't eat dinner and that wasn't your evening snack, then that is your breakfast. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's kind of, we could tell in our kid, like they were just really being willful. And so, um, we would, you know, have them sit down to dinner at the normal time that everyone else is eating dinner. We are eating at the table together. So that's another tip I think that we haven't mentioned yet is right. when you're all eating together, they see all the other kids in the family eating the same food. You know, you can encourage them and help them as they're eating. So it really does help to eat together when possible. Um, but yeah, if they if they aren't hungry, you know, maybe they had a late snack or who knows what happened. You know, I don't want to like I don't want them to eat a whole bunch when they're not hungry. That doesn't really make sense. So we'll let them set it aside. And then if they want a bedtime snack, they just get out their dinner. Right. And I think that all of our kids would tell you that they're glad they're not picky eaters. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like I, the kids say that. So I hope that they walk away with be thankful for that. Yeah, I think so too. You've done a great job. You too. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Um, so how about this one? This one's a fun question. So how do you handle it when you're at a restaurant event or someone else's home and you're still trying to eat healthy and maybe the options aren't as great or I don't know, it's just more challenging. Yeah. I think every event is different. Like it's always a different set of circumstances. Like it depends on if we have, you know, eaten unhealthy three days in a row or if, you know, this is the first time that week or, you know, if it's a if it's a sit-down meal with another family or if it's a buffet-style party. I think there's a lot of factors at play, but usually we know in advance that these events are coming. And so often in the car, we're talking about it like, okay, this is the event that we're going to and they're going to have this kind of food. And, you know, what kind of food choices should we make tonight? And so we'll talk about that. And as when they were younger, it was often us just telling them like, this is the food choices. You're going to be allowed to have this or this, you know, and you can go through and get this, but don't get that, you know, like soda is always usually the one that Mm -hmm. I'm like, you know, you can have the food to say, no, thank you to the soda and ask for some water. Right. (laughs) That was a common thing that we did. So it really just depends on the circumstances, not only at that event, but, you know, if we're going to someone's house, Like, I am going to eat whatever they make for us, and I'm going to be grateful for it. I'm not going to call ahead and ask them to make a healthy meal. You know, whatever they want to make, they're being generous with us. They're inviting us over. That relationship time is what's important at that moment. And we're going to eat whatever they've made for us. Yeah. We just might tell the kids not to go back for seconds of dessert or whatever else might be there, right? So, Or you can still decline soda if that's what's available. Just ask for water. Yeah. Almost everyone's fine with always giving you water. Yeah. Um. And if the kids have been, sometimes there's like birthday party after birthday party after birthday party or, you know, birthday right after a holiday or whatever. And so we'll kind of talk about that ahead of time, too. It's like, okay, guys, we're going to this birthday party and tomorrow is a holiday. So you're going to have sweets at both. So make sure you don't get the cake and ice cream. Just choose one. Get cake or ice cream. And then tomorrow, you know, you can have another small dessert. So we're not overdoing it. Yep, that's good. So hopefully they take those tips into adulthood. You know, those are like the life skills that I practice. You know, I think about my week ahead of time, you know, and if I'm craving chocolate, I'm like, well, do I really want to eat chocolate? Because I'm going to have this and that tomorrow, you know, and I'll just wait till tomorrow and have my indulgence then. So I think it's a life skill to think through like really what's best for me. And sure, sometimes we have treats. We don't eat healthy 100% of the time. But like for the most part, I want to because that makes me feel good. And the kids, I think, are realizing that as well. Like they'll, 
go off to camp for a week and they'll walk in the door and be like, mom, I need vegetables. <laughs> you know? And so I hope that they're getting like a sense of like, this is actually what makes me feel good. Yeah. Yep. They can definitely tell when they come home from a week at camp and have eaten poorly. They just don't feel good. Yeah. Another cool thing to do at events is to like encourage behavior that you want to see more of. So if you're at an event and they went through the buffet and they got some kind of vegetable, I'm going to be like, hey, I saw you got vegetables tonight. That's awesome. You know, this bump. Mm. Yeah. Things like that. Nice. All right. These are all really good thoughts and um, sharing out of our experience. Um, But what would you say uh, to someone who feels really overwhelmed by the thought of starting this? Just they don't know where to start. They're just can't even picture this happening. Yeah. Well, then you would be like me, because if you listen to our very first podcast episode, I talked about this as being one of my big struggles at the beginning as being overwhelmed. Like I started looking at all the food choices we needed to make, and I probably tried to make too many at once and got really overwhelmed. And so I can totally relate with that. First of all, Um, number one, I would say go back to your motivation. Um, You know, remember why you're doing this. Remember how important it is. And let that strong conviction like carry you through. And then as you're actually making steps um, toward a healthy eating for your family, I would say make those changes small and sustainable. Um, There's a really good um, resource out there that I used when we first started eating healthy called 100 Days of Real Food. And I will put that in the show notes as well. But it's a website and blog that talks a lot about how to make changes um, to whole food eating. So she has all kinds of resources on different like, you know, challenges that you can do. Like, you know, this is the monthly challenge and we're going to, you know, cut out um, soda from the house. And this is the monthly challenge and we're going to cut out white processed flour, you know, and she'll just like help you make like like, small changes. That was really helpful to me um, just to even understand what whole food was. Um, we always tell our kids to, that we want to eat food that God made, right? right? And that was like the clarifying, simple way to help them understand what whole food was. You know, if it's something that you could go pick out of your garden, you know, or meat or something like that, that's food that God made. Um, but anything in a box or processed, you know, was man-made. And so that really helped my kids understand what we were trying to go for. Yep. And uh, I'm actually the host for this episode, so I will put it in the show notes <laughs> okay, yeah, for, okay. for our listeners, okay? Yeah. All right, what else? Um, I would celebrate the wins, you know, like don't get really hung up about being perfect. You know, if you if you go like all week without having soda and then, you know, you have soda on the weekend, don't give up and think, oh, I messed up, you know, nothing, I'm not doing anything right, you know, I might as well give up. Mm-hmm. Please don't do that. Just celebrate the wins of the five days where you didn't drink soda, you know, and then you can start over again the next day. It's fine. Yep. That's really good advice. Yeah. So just start with that list of things that you would like to change, you know, as you research and as you learn, just keep a, a list in in your notes app and on your phone of things that you kind of want to change over time and just pick one that you can focus on, kind of learn about it, find replacements for that, you know, in your home, and just gradually make changes. And if you will do that, like even if you just made one change a month, like you would be in a totally different place the next year. Yeah. Like, so maybe your change was, I'm going to stop buying XYZ at the grocery store. So it's not even in the house. Like, that's my only change. 
so we have to eat other stuff like small changes like that yeah yeah that really helps if you are not bringing it into the home then your family's not going to eat it so that's a huge part of eating healthy yep. is that why we don't have ice cream in the freezer right now yes 100 percent. we don't have ice cream we don't have cereal we don't have a lot of things because we would be very tempted to just eat those yep for sure well, babe, this was a great show. You've done a great job. How did I do as a host? You did great. I think I'll have you back sometime. Oh, thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> Since we were talking about how we helped our kids to eat healthy food, we thought it would be fun to bring our kids on and ask them some unscripted question and answers about eating healthy and what their thoughts are on that. So here is our kids' opinion on eating healthy food. And my second question is, do you think that you'll still eat healthy food when you're not in our home? Because it's not very long before you're going to go off to college. Yes. Um, because I've been eating healthy food my, my whole life, I now realize how bad it makes me feel to not eat like that. And it's not necessarily worth it. <laughs> I'd rather feel good and eat vegetables than eat Doritos and feel like crap. So Yeah. So eat a Dorito maybe sometimes. Yeah. The vegetables a lot of the time. Balance. One thing that you say is that you love drinking water. You always talk about how good water is. So I'm yeah. like, if nothing else, at least she'll drink water when she leaves. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, I don't get why water doesn't like taste good. Or like it doesn't taste like it doesn't have like flavor or anything. But I'm like, if it had flavor. It just wouldn't be water. Then like you would get sick of it because like you would. Yeah. Anyways. Yes. <laughs> Yay for water. Now we get to talk to our youngest kiddo, Melody. Hi, babe. My question for you is, why do you think it's important for kids to eat healthy food? Well, if, like, you eat healthy food when you're younger, you won't and take care of your skin. You won't have health problems or anything when you're older. And I think that's a big deal. Yeah. So you think that what you do now, like, makes a difference for when you get older? Do you think it makes a difference for now, too? Yeah. <laughs> So now we have our third oldest kiddo, Judo, with us. He's 13 years old, and he's been in a special situation over the last year. He just finished a in pretty intense diet for Lyme disease. He was on the AIP diet, which is an anti-inflammatory diet. And you ate lots of healthy food, didn't you? Oh, yeah. So can you tell me, like, what did you learn about the benefits of healthy food during that time? So um, some of the benefits of healthy food are it's easier to be active and play sports and work out and stuff like that. It's easier to do things like that if your body is burning good fuel versus bad fuel. Yeah. And so you started, how did you feel when you first started the diet? Um, I felt resentful because I missed cheese. Yeah. So it's hard to give up some things. But how did you feel like physically? Like Yeah. Um, I felt... There wasn't a ton of change at first, but as uh, as I went farther along the diet, I, it definitely felt better. Like I could feel the difference in my in my life. Yeah, because you were at first you had a lot of pain, you were tired a lot, and now would you say has that been better? Yeah, definitely. Now we have our second oldest. This is Matthew. He's thirteen. Matthew, how do you know what healthy food is? Oh. Healthy food is food that isn't processed and is made by God and that doesn't have a lot of ingredients or extra stuff to it. Yeah. So do you feel like you can go to the store and be kind of like, you know what's healthy and what's not healthy? Yep. I feel like I could do that. Awesome. And so what do you think as being our second oldest, you know, 
it's going to go by so fast and then you'll be off to college or something like that and you'll be at the grocery store and you'll have to choose like what kind of food to buy. Do you think that you'll keep eating healthy food after you leave our house? Yes, I will. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Daily Wellness Podcast. We hope that you found it helpful for your own wellness journey. And if so, we'd love for you to leave a review. Then come back and listen for review shout outs on upcoming episodes. For more information, check out the show notes and connect with us on our website, dailywellnesscommunity.com.